You've heard of Huntley and Brinkley, McNeil and Lehrer, Simon and Garfunkel, Bob and Ray. Now here's Mishigas and Malarkey. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Good, good, good. Here we go. Episode six. Mishigas and Malarkey. And it's going to be a high concentration of Malarkey because... We're turning this episode over to you to explain to, you know, as kind of like the man on the on the street to give us. <laughs> you're, you're overselling this. <laughs> well, already. again, it's a it's a free podcast. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm free to I'm free to oversell. Wait, this is free. I thought we were putting this out as an NFT for sixty nine million dollars. Wow. Yeah. Well, we'll work. We're, we're in talks with people. And uh, he's going to do something special for us, either Beeple or Banksy, one or the other. Yeah, actually, I did a little research on Beeple. So, yeah, uh, yeah, we can. We'll talk. Okay, about great. Beeple. Well, Beeple. you know, lay it on us. Beeple, uh, uh, Beeple took in uh, twenty nine million just about forty eight hours ago. Wow, Beeple, Beeple who need people. Yeah, yeah. Well, They're the luckiest people in the world. Yeah. People has found his people. I think that could be the uh, the headline. Yeah. And they uh, have a propensity to density or something. Uh. Oh my God. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot that phrase. Yeah. yeah. Is it two or four? Propensity for density? Yeah, something like that. That's All right. the so uh well anyway well where where to begin we're gonna talk about you're gonna give blockchain exactly the lowdown on uh cryptocurrencies blockchain bitcoin nfts daos eths take it away malarkey okay so the blockchain is how do we explain the blockchain uh it's essentially a what did we call it a distributed database where uh it's sort of everywhere and nowhere, but it's a, a public-facing database where things are put on it and they can't be changed. And it actually does have some practical applications, like with you know, property titles and things where people would be keeping records that would be uh, public records. But it began as the, um, the way to keep a ledger for Bitcoin. But the blockchain and Bitcoin have sort of diverged in a way where now there's cryptocurrency beyond Bitcoin. So, uh, all right. Now I'm going to start interjecting briefly. So, you know, some years ago, uh, we knew a family where the son was holed up in the basement with his computers and he was mining Bitcoin. Right. And they kind of joked that he was using more electricity than the Bitcoin was worth. But what exactly does that mean? Mining Bitcoin? And what is he doing down there? Yeah, what he's doing is solving uh, cryptographic problems, mathematical problems. What happens is all these transactions that are going on are validated by um, solving some sort of complicated math problem. So if you devote your computer to solving those problems, you get rewarded by being given, uh, well, what they call minting uh, some fraction of a Bitcoin. 
so people run these banks of computers, which use up a tremendous amount of electricity. And it, 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 it's actually going to become a real uh, problem in the future because people are setting up these, uh, uh, what do they call them? Bit, Bitcoin farms, you know, and, uh, but if the, if the, did this kid in his basement, did he ever actually get anything from it? Did he gain anything? Well, he must have because he's dressing a lot better now. And, uh, you know, I think he got himself a car. There were people years back who, you know, were touting that they bought themselves a Tesla with the Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, see, some of it is just speculation. Like you can just buy Bitcoin, like even now on PayPal and Venmo, you can buy a, you know, you could, take you know whatever hundreds of dollars and put it in bitcoin so you would get that fraction of bitcoin now because the price of it is very volatile and goes up and down you say you bought five hundred dollars worth of bitcoin in your paypal account it could go up to a thousand dollars or i guess it could go down to 25 i mean who knows but uh, and and over the years you know there there have been like crashes of these things yeah yeah people got wiped out People who got in years ago, I mean, there's all these crazy stories where like if you invested $2,000 X number of years ago, you'd be worth $30 billion today or some, you know, some <laughs> crazy thing, you know. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is just speculation. Um, you remember the greater fool theory? Yeah. During the internet boom, everybody was always talking about the greater fool theory that if you were... Uh, running up the, you know, a stock, suddenly some website that was basically a, uh, a front page to the internet, you know, like an HTML page. Remember the portals, everything was sure. portals, right? And some of them were like bizarrely overpriced, but people kept buying them because there's always, you know, the greater fool theory dictates that there's always a greater fool who will come along and buy the stock that you just bought. So a lot of Bitcoin speculation is, you know, undoubtedly uh, greater full theory, but there, there must be, you know, there is something to it, but it, it, what we'll talk about in a minute, I guess we should get into NFTs because that's the most Well, before you get there though, but so, so uh, there, there was Bitcoin and then you said there were other cyber currencies. Yeah. There's, yeah. Ethereum seems to be the one that, uh, is most practical like i know there are venture capital people who are very involved with ethereum ethereum is um somebody explained it as imagine like having the internet but with a money component built into it Hmm. um so i i know there's uh there's a venture capital guy that I follow on Twitter because he's a friend of a friend and he's always talking about this stuff. That's what sort of got me. It got me convinced mm-hmm. that there was something to it. Cause I know he's a legitimate guy. He's like, now he's a, not a, he's not a Corgi. He's not a what? A Corgi. No, 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 no. He's you know, a real person. He's a friend you know? of a friend. You're reminding me of that. Uh, you know, the, that right. Right. Account yeah, my, you followed on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, well, now my friend is back out of Facebook jail, but her dog is still also on Facebook, so they're both there. But okay, but uh, just for so, a fast update on that. <laughs> so uh, again, I'm I, I don't I know less about it than you do. You've been studying it for two weeks, um, but uh, so there were these other coins like the Shibu and the you know the, like the dog and the yeah. And, 
yeah. yeah. So those are other coins like Bitcoin. Yeah, some of them are like bizarre things that are like almost like I, I can't make, you know, sense out of whether they're a stunt or not. But mm. I know that Ethereum has some legitimate people who are uh, touting its value. Like Now, you know, is that going... a coin or some kind of a, a, a an instrument that's based on Crypto. yeah i mean i don't i don't know how you would define it i, I mean, it's, see. it's it's it it's a uh you know a cryptocurrency i guess mm. would be the okay so you were going to you know. say beyond bitcoin there are these other cryptocurrencies right. and then the where does what is where does the nft come in what is that well and an nft stands for uh, a non-fungible token what it is is a um unique piece of digital property usually a piece of digital art of some sort and when you buy it usually ethereum is used to buy them and uh in fact it, ethereum may always be used but it's it's often linked with ethereum when you read about them but uh you're essentially buying ownership of a piece of digital property so, I mean, some people say, well, you know, it's like you're buying a link to a JPEG. What's the, you know, what's the big deal? Um, and so, again, there's a uh, lot of speculation. So in other words, what's the BFD with the NFT? Right, exactly. But what's interesting about it is uh, like people who we just mentioned is a graphic <laughs> artist who. Uh, I love him. I love him. Yeah. Well, he was he was just on Jimmy Fallon the other night. And uh, he he actually he's one of these people like you think you're not going to like him, but he's actually a very <laughs> likable guy. When you uh, hear him talking to Jimmy Fallon, he seems yeah. like a, he just started know. out. Wasn't he just an illustrator to begin with an artist? Yeah, yeah. He's a graphic artist mm -hmm. and he was uh, doing this artwork. Now, as he explained it to Jimmy Fallon, people kept coming to him and saying you should get into this nft stuff and he said nah you know i don't i don't understand that i don't know what you're talking about and then he got into it and uh the way it works is that he can sell his artwork so he essentially is selling it uh so if he makes a piece of digital art someone can use ethereum to buy it and uh they then have ownership of uh of this piece of art so he he made a lot of news in the spring. They sold a piece of his for I think it was sixty nine million dollars. Mm. And if that was the first one, I think it was like a compilation of a thousand of his images or something. Yeah, it was some yeah. kind of a collage of all these yes. things he had made over years. Mm -hmm. uh, but then th there was an auction uh, a few nights ago, and they sold a piece of his for twenty nine million. Wow. So he's he's been having a good year. He's having a mm -hmm. better year than uh, than most of us. And so is that one buyer essentially, or a collection of buyers? Uh, my understanding is that it's one buyer, although the buyer is anonymous. So, mm -hmm. um, so far as I know, they they haven't identified who the buyer is. Mm -hmm. Now, the piece that they sold the other night is interesting because it's. Um, it's like a piece of kinetic art where it looks like a big glass phone booth oh. and, and there's a, like a, a walking person in it. it looks like mm. an explorer on another planet, like mm -hmm. a person walking on another planet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, it's, 
it's it's an interesting thing. I so assume... this was the hybrid. You know, this in other words, it's physical. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Digital. There's actually a physical component to it. I mm -hmm. suppose that you you for your twenty nine, you actually would take delivery of this big thing and you'd put it in your mansion in the Hamptons or uh, mm. your mansion on the West Coast, as the uh, as the case may be. <laughs> But the um, it's it, probably a good text, you know, and in other words, uh, uh, if you you know go pre digital era artwork, you know, the whole art market has been a way to, I guess, move money around, uh, you know, right. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, whether you uh, hold it and sell it for a lot more and or you're, um, you know, donating it to a museum and taking some kind of a charitable deduction or something, uh, you know, that it's ways for rich people to kind of play around with uh, with with funds. Right. And there's always been a uh, suspicion, which has been proven out at times, that there's a lot of money laundering going on, mm. with, uh, you know, weapons dealers and drug cartels and whatever, mm -hmm. that they buy and sell artwork to mask uh, transactions. Yes. So, you know, yes. but the like, um, like buying a, uh, you know, uh, an estate somewhere for twice what it was worth. Right. Right, and uh, right. you know, passing passing the uh, profits on to the to the seller without really, uh, I guess, getting much scrutiny. Right, right. We, uh, in fact, I've we had that. A, yes, we uh, had a former president who was involved in that sort of thing not <laughs> that many years ago. <laughs> yeah, not that so, there's anything wrong with that. Hey, no, hey, right, it's, you hey. know, I mean, there's there's no prosecution of white collar crime really, so. Uh, uh -oh. There you go. All right. But, so we got now these NFTs and. Uh, well, you know, one, one thing that is, is interesting that I was reading up on is that they had um, NFTs by Jerry Garcia mm. and he used to do artwork on a computer. Mm. And now he died in 1995. So they had mm. uh, what, what was interesting about this is that he had um I guess his daughter had his computer and he had artwork that was still on the computer as digital files. Mm -hmm. So there, it was one of these things where instead of making something and scanning it and calling it digital, it, it actually was a digital file that, mm -hmm. uh, that he had created. So they had a, um, there was one of these, I don't know what you would like an NFT gallery that was uh, selling these things back in the summer. Now, it appears that they sold multiple copies of them because uh, <laughs> some of them were only a few hundred dollars. Like you can mm. buy one for $400 or something. Well, they might have been repros, you know. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Somebody I mean, bought the... Uh, so, so there's this funny cartoon in The New Yorker uh, where... Uh, and I'm not a Lord of the Rings fan, but there's this... Uh, what's the creature that keeps saying, my precious, my precious? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so Who's the that? The, is that Gollum? Yeah, yeah, Gollum. So uh, Gollum is sitting, you know, on a... Um, in front of a desk with a computer... And there's a, you know, the computer screen. And then on the screen, there's, you know, some kind of a depiction of the ring, right? 
of, right. of the ring. And then there's the, you know, one of the other guys, like the kind of elfish kind of guys that, that were going around on some kind of a quest in that, in that uh, trilogy or whatever the hell it is. You know who I'm talking about? Who was the hero of that? Yeah, I've, I've never watched any okay. of it. But anyway, I, the hero through is osmosis, I know some of it, yeah. The, he- the hero is explaining to Gollum, and he says, you can't actually own the precious, but you can own a digital certificate that says that you own the precious. Right. That is uh, held in a distributed database. And of right. course, Gollum is a little confused by all that. Yes, as we all are. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, anyway, uh, you got um, you're talking about, uh, uh, you know, copies of of Jerry Garcia's original. Somebody probably, you know, either they keep the the estate keeps them or they're, you know, sell it to the sell it to the highest bidder. And then these are probably licensed copies or whatever it is. Right. I, yeah, yeah. I, I assume it would be like the way they will sell, you know, twenty lithographs or exactly. something like that. You know, it, what what it reminded me of was a story from a few years ago where um, Andy Warhol in the nineteen eighties had been given a computer by Commodore, and he started doing artwork on the computer, and I. Uh, I was reading up on this because I vaguely remember this story. They had, there were uh, files on this old Commodore computer, which was, was now in the possession of the Warhol museum. And I remember in 2014, they had to have some guys extract the, uh, the files out of the computer because the computer hadn't been turned on in years, you know, whatever. So they were, they were able to, uh, to get it. But what, what was interesting was they, um, and I don't have any memory of this, but in 1985, they did an event where Warhol was on stage with Debbie Harry Hmm. and he drew a portrait of Debbie Harry on stage Mm -hmm. on the computer. Mm -hmm. And it it was like a press event for Commodore, Mm -hmm. which it sounds like something we would have known about. I guess we knew about it at the time and it's been forgotten, but, uh, but I was thinking to myself, I, you know, I wonder if there, there's going to be some sort of uh, hybrid NFT thing like that, where someone actually mm. sits on stage and makes a piece of digital art. And mm-hmm. then, you know, that seems well, like something that would have to happen. And this seems like something Salvador Dali would want to get into right away, you know, because he's always, you know, uh, making lots of, you know, copies and iterations and using all kinds of media. So uh, right. we'll, we'll wait to hear about his, his entrance into all this. Oh yeah. Oh, and Warhol totally would have been. Uh, sure. Well, he was making, uh, you know, mass producing artwork, right. Using the, uh, you know, the, the commercial, commercial art uh, processes of the time. Right. Right. Yeah. I knew a guy who worked for him as a uh, silk screener. You know, I mean, that was before he figured out that he could just urinate on pieces of metal, sheet metal, and right. people people would buy that. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that whole period where you know, like now everybody is screaming about cancel culture and all this nonsense, and uh, 
Now, wait a minute. Remember okay. that, 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 this, that was a whole hang on. thing. Yeah. This is a sidebar, you know, to yeah. the, to the, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, no, it's I want to, I want to, it's talk a side road <laughs> for, a, for a couple of minutes. Could you explain to me what is cancel culture? Cause I don't understand. it. What is cancel culture? Cancel yeah. culture is, um, well, depending on who you talk to, some people think it's the biggest threat to American society since <laughs> whenever. Since, it's, since it's, uh, who was that guy? Patrick, they hanged Patrick Henry, right? Or something? But, yeah. No, no, no. They didn't oh, they hang didn't. Patrick Henry. They oh. hanged, no. Who did? No, Benedict Patrick, Arnold? Somebody. Benedict did. Arnold, they hanged. Okay. Uh, okay. Nathan Hale, John okay. Brown. So John this is Brown the, got yeah, hanged. So the biggest, uh, biggest, and I hate when people say that they, that he was hung. You know, right. because, so you you know you would hang a warhol on the wall, but you'd but but and, and you could say that it was hung, or you or you could say it was well hung, but um, you know somebody like you know when they on January six, uh, if anyone had died there, you know by that um, by that uh, what was that thing they set up. The, well, it was um, a, it was a like a prop gallows. Okay, yeah, on the gallows, you'd have to say he was hanged, not hung, right? That's yes, that's correct. Okay. So, um, uh, anyway, the the biggest uh, the biggest um, threat. Yeah, it's all to the yeah, United it's all States, the it's all the Salem witch trial. Yeah, it's all the Salem witch trial. It's the same thing over, over and over again. Okay, so why is cancel culture such a big uh, threat to the United States? What is it? I, I don't think it is. I, okay, I think, but I mean, what is it exactly that they think is? Well, that a... people, uh, you know, they claim that people get driven out of, uh, you know, their jobs for what they have said. I mean, it, it's basically a lot of people have to face the consequences of mm -hmm. uh, things they have written or things they have said. Mm -hmm. uh, and they don't like that. No, but it's become like its own... Um, form of of grifting you know you have people like barry weiss and other people um andrew solomon you mean, I mean, you you have mean all the these people sort of... who are claiming that they've been canceled is what you're saying well, well oh well, my god barry weiss spent i mean she got a job at the new york times and apparently was was begging to get canceled and they wouldn't fire her <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know and then then she finally resigned and said oh you know i'm, I'm being canceled you know so and now they're they're it's like because starting... they were they were calling they were calling her names on the internal slack or something right or you know they don't well, they didn't so like she, so she the woke, says the yeah. woke mob the woke oh, mob yeah. I mean, didn't like what she was saying and so they complained and in some cases uh, when these complaints surface the people are actually you know they lose their jobs or they're sanctioned or they they suffer other consequences so for example uh, you know former governor cuomo right the woke mob went after him and he was canceled is that right uh apparently yeah, yeah. i mean i did the other night i was reading some of the transcripts of the uh, the interviews you know mm -hmm. that the, the new york attorney general put out and it's one of those things where it's like you're sort of reading it and you're thinking, my God, like these people got paid to like sit here for hours and do this. And they're like asking Cuomo questions and he's giving answers that like would embarrass Bill Clinton, you know, like he can't, <laughs> you know, like they. I didn't they, mean to touch her back, et cetera. Right. right so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it goes on and on. And then there was um, then the this woman who uh, 
was uh, essentially testifying against him. I mean, she was uh, talking about his weird wolf dog and the, uh, yeah. the, 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 wow. the dog jumped on her and she said, Cuomo said, if I was the dog, I would also try to mount you. Okay, great. <laughs> Which you know, that's but... that's what the that's what the public is paying this guy. Uh, he, he's on the public payroll, and this is what he's up to. Yeah, I mean, it, it's what. See, the thing with Cuomo is, it's one of these weird situations where I, I, I guess if he was doing this in the workplace, he committed a crime. I mean, I don't know enough about employment law to right. know where, where this falls, but it it doesn't surprise me that he was saying weird stuff to people because he would say weird stuff on live tv when he knew he was on. <laughs> no you know what i mean he's just like yeah he, he, he kinda, reminds me he of, a, got out of control you know yeah i i i knew a guy it was after, years after ago. his after his marriage fell apart i think he kind of you know lost it yeah well you know what it is i i knew a guy years ago who like he was a friend of ours and like me and my friends when we're you know we were in our 20s and there was this guy who we knew from school and he just seemed like he was like 50 or 60 years old even though he was <laughs> our age you know what i mean and like he would it, and it was like kind of remarkable like he would talk like in cliches from old movies and things <laughs> like that you know and it was it was like having a a friend in the current era who had like come in from the past or something. It was like <laughs> hanging out with, you know, like a Humphrey Bogart character or something. I mean, it was just really kind of fascinating. Yep. And um, so let me ask you, but, but the, like Cuomo, yeah. Cuomo is like that. He's just like a guy, even though he's, he's, so he's a throwback. He's an anachronism. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. <clears throat> Basically he was saying that he didn't realize the, how much things had changed. Yeah. There was a, uh, but he, was, anyway, he's a victim of the woke mob. Right. right. And Barry Weiss is a victim of the woke mob. And, and uh, all and these Aaron yes. Rodgers. Yeah. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. All these other and... people, they're victims of the woke mob. Right. So <clears throat> if the woke mob gets you fired, then what kind of mob was it on January 6th? They, they weren't woke. What were they? No, they were just a. Uh, were they on? Of... They were armed. A bunch of violent savages. Okay, is, uh, so that's the two, you know. So if you had to choose your mob, right? In other words, you could either be set upon by a woke mob, or you could be set upon by a January sixth mob, or right, an, ins you, an insurrectionist mob, right? I would, mean, that's what that's what they that's what they're called. Would you rather be beaten with a flagpole, or have a girl from Oberlin denounce you? Uh, yeah. So take your pick. <laughs> right. So any, anyway, uh, I see a lot of them are, you know, uh, expressing uh, second thoughts now, you know, as they come up in the in the trials. You know, they say I should never have gone there. You know, now today there was a story about a woman who uh, the wife of one of these uh, mil militant what, militia guys. Right. And, and she was saying, you know, maybe I shouldn't have, you know, uh, shouldn't have encouraged him in that. Um, oh yeah, so yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, uh, the piece in the L.A. Times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of them are kind of uh, regretting, is what I'm trying to say. And then, of course, we have the Rittenhouse trial, which I think is they just um, the you know rested the cases, and then they're gonna uh, 
uh, go to the jury or they're going to do their closing, I guess, uh, go to the jury or something on Monday, which is exciting. So anyway, we, we covered the woke mob and the cancel culture. Uh, now we're back to um, where did we leave off with the with the NFTs and the crypto? Yeah, we were going on about NFTs. Um, NFTs. What else do we need to cover with the cryptocurrency and all that stuff? Uh I, I guess we got to get in on some of this NFT action. Now, did you hear about DAOs? I threatened to ask you about that. DAO. DAOs. And, and this is an, this, I think it's moving into an area because, you know, I can't, I can't follow the finance stuff, but the DAOs, if you look it up, it's like something like distributed autonomous orga- organization. Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, And I see all these guys on Twitter talking about how, you know, this is the future of everything. And, uh, you know, now you're going to have communities that are based on the blockchain where you're going right. to, let's say you're going to be, so the next thing after a, a Substack um, a newsletter, uh, you're going to have to launch a DAO or join a DAO where you can kind of publish stuff and, you know, not only will you or maybe the community own what it, what it is you publish from a from an intellectual property basis and it'll be certified on the blockchain that you own it, but that all, the, all of the members of the DAO will be able to decide how in what direction the organization is going to move. And maybe there's like voting that takes place. Have you ever yeah yeah i mean there, there's all this um like theoretical uh a, a lot of this stuff gives me the creeps because some of the <laughs> some of the some of the people advocating this stuff or are, are sort of these like you know anti-government anti-society Ooh, you yeah. know like they're they're going to um make their own laws Right. They're, they're like these digital libertarians who are going to, uh, you know, in fact, and the money a, isn't subject to, uh, you know, government regulation or at least maybe not yet. I mean, they're going to have to look at it. It's getting more and more accepted. Right. I don't know if the the Dow or the Treasury or, or you know, these these these, you know, huge capitalist institutions are now starting to try to either get it under control or going into dipping their toe in themselves. Right. Yeah. It, it's hard to see like that. That's what I was saying. Like this, um, this cryptocurrency Ethereum seems to be, you know, fairly respectable where like it, 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 it's hard to foresee how this is actually going to work, but there'd be this idea that you'll have some, identity on the web in the future that would have a financial component to it and there would be like these seamless transactions or whatever i mean i don't really understand the 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 point to it or the value yeah it's highfalutin it's 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 above our heads and yet uh you know when i see these guys talking about it back and forth and it's not always guys sometimes there are you know women involved in these conversations but i guess mostly guys and uh you know, they're talking about how it doesn't matter whether, you know, Michigas and Malarkey understand it. They're going to, you know, they're going to be existing in a world in which it's all going on in the background. 
Oh, right. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I totally accept the fact there's a lot of things I don't understand and they're going to happen anyway. So, you know. Yeah. And like, even if we them. don't understand high finance, you know, we, we're living in a system that's, you know, that we're, you know, that's, it's going on and, and our own, our own everyday lives are, you know, subject to whatever's happening there, the rules that's, and the regulations and Right. And, and the way that we, uh, you know, exchange uh, value and funds, you know, amongst and between. I had to do some research today to find out what the whole thing was about uh, Taylor Swift and the scarf. Oh, yeah. Did so you... she, she broke Spotify. Did you hear that? Yesterday, yes, I, I, I saw it happen. You it, did? Uh, well, I, I went to... Um, I went to Spotify last night after midnight and it was, uh, it was like stunned, <laughs> you know, it was like one of those things where it just wasn't responding. Wow. So, um, and what was the deal? She released her version of an album that she doesn't control the rights to or something. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a whole intellectual property thing that, uh, again is, is confusing. But yeah. yeah, she's re-recording her earlier albums. So there was an album called Red that came out in 2012, I think it was. And it came out again at midnight, her her version of it. Right, now, she re-recorded from scratch version. because some previous, uh, you know, in other words, uh, whether it was her manager, management, or somebody else, that the original contracts that she signed, you know, they or some, or maybe he sold his interest to some well, financial the, yeah, the, group. Yeah, the record company that she was contracted to had been sold and is now in the hands of a guy who she despises. I see. So what she's doing now, the publishing rights, she would still have, you yeah. know, I mean, she wrote so the she songs. She re-record and perform. But, but the... Um, the I guess it'd be masters. Like the right the yeah. masters of performance rights that sort of thing now she's re-recording all that material and what she's doing is um putting the new albums out with all like stuff that she wrote but never put on the original oh, bonus album. material right bonus stuff outtakes whatever well they're not technically outtakes because they're recorded anew but uh you know new new stuff for her new fans. outtakes Right. So uh, there's a song called All Too Well. Yeah. Um, and she released a 10 minute version of it. And there, there were people last night making jokes about someone named Jake and a scarf. And mm -hmm. I had, you know, I was seeing this on Twitter and had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, this morning on my out? walk, well, this morning on my walk, I listened to the song mm -hmm. and it, it's like this breakup song about some guy dumped her and and uh aren't aren't many of her songs about something like that it, so far as i know yeah, yeah I, I, mean, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think i've heard a single one of her songs the only song of hers i really know is the one about rebecca harkness the the you remember the harkness mansion oh we, sure yeah that's right. where we had our rolling stone christmas parties right exactly and they used to talk about how it had been a ballet school right and um this heiress owned that mansion right and she also owned a house in rhode island which many years later taylor swift bought hmm. 
And she wrote this song called The Last American Dynasty about Rebecca Harkness. Mm -hmm. That was, it was on the, um, I guess it was folklore. It was this album she brought out last year mm -hmm. during the pandemic. She recorded like this album in secret. Mm -hmm. And I, I heard that she had done a song about Rebecca Harkness. So I listened mm -hmm. to it. I, actually, I like the song. It, mm. It's actually, uh, but I, I don't know enough of her stuff to know if I think it's unusual in her, um, in her repertoire. I think it's mm -hmm. like an odd song, but I, I liked it because it's just like a, um, well, it's weird. It's like a story song. It's like I used to like it when Dylan would just write oh, like, man. a story song or you mean you like know, Desolation I, Row or something. Or you mean uh, or, or even well, I mean, just that. Well, you know, like Hurricane, of course. Oh, the, yes, the, I know the classic yeah, one yeah. or something where, right. you know, or like songs that tell a story. Yes, um, like a bio kind of thing. I, I, I thought of one the other day because it was the anniversary Gordon Lightfoot's song, the uh the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, oh, yeah, right. you know, about the, the boat sinking. Historical um, account. Well, I like, I like uh, old folk songs like that, where they tell mm -hmm. a story, you know, that, that used to be a real sure, every genre years, that's not around my, too much anymore. I take but, out my ex Siemens Institute uh, cassette, which yeah, probably is on Spotify. And I listen to, you know, things like the coast of Peru, you know, and all those great hits. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's great stuff. Yeah. But, um, Anyway, yeah, so that Taylor Swift song about Rebecca Harkness is kind of, it's an interesting song, but what's weird about it and, and kind of like entertaining is um, she bought the woman's mansion in Rhode Island and uh, it, in like the final verse of the song or maybe the next to final verse, she says, you know, and then, then it was bought by me. So she wrote this song about uh, buying a $17 million mansion which is kind of an interesting, uh, it's sort of mm. like, almost like, it's like a biographical song. And then there's this twist at the end where Taylor Swift herself mm. mentions that she bought the house. Mm -hmm. And apparently the neighbors were just as upset with her owning the house as uh. they had been with Rebecca Harkness owning the house. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I like now song. this. Now, when you found out, I, I mean, I was seeing photos of Jake Gyllenhaal. So was it him that she was talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 story is told in the song that she um she lost a scarf at his sister's house. Now she Ooh, never says Maggie. Any, well, right. Apparently, that's that's what it was. It's mm -hmm. about um she left a scarf at Maggie Gyllenhaal's house, mm -hmm. and then um uh, anyway that that was like but like people were making these jokes last night about you know uh, jake might as well hang himself with the scarf and i was mm. like what the hell is this all about ah uh, then uh, he would be hanged and right. hung that's right he would uh well we don't know about the one but he would have been hanged right well i would assume that you know many of her par paramours have you know come come by that way well, who knows? Who, who I mean, say? who was the who was the other one that she was complaining about? The guitar, the blues guitarist, Mayor, oh, John, John, John uh, Mayer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, see that that's the other thing. I, I I'll, I'll tell you my the extent of my Taylor Swift listening is I was going camping with a friend of mine in California years ago, in I guess it was two thousand nine, and my friend's daughter was eleven years old at the time and was a Taylor Swift fan. So I was told 
in the car, she might like to listen to Taylor Swift. Would that be a problem? And I said, no, you know, I don't care. You know, we can, you know, I, I mean, I thought, you know, how bad can it be? <laughs> and uh, we were riding around in, in Yosemite listening to Taylor Swift. And, and you know, it was fine. It didn't bother me. I mean, it was, you know, the kid was really a big Taylor Swift fan. Sure. And uh, I, I remember, well, the kid had made, I mean, this is kind of amusing. I mean, you know, the, hey, kids today. But um, the kid had <laughs> made like a CD of her favorite songs. Oh. And they were like all Taylor Swift songs. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember one afternoon we were riding around listening to it. And it, it actually, I can't say it really grew on me, but it didn't bother me. I mean, it was fine. You know, it mm -hmm. was, uh, you know. It was very professional stuff. It was fine. Yes. I mean, I don't remember what it was about. It was about whatever, you know, young girls relate to or something. And then, uh, and then I didn't hear anything by her until um, there was that shake it off song that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was some controversy where, I don't know, she had, it was one of those controversies about Taylor Swift had appropriated things from other cultures or something. Mm. I don't know. It was something like that. So I wound up watching the video so I could understand what this big cultural argument was about. And, uh, you know, and that was interesting. Yep. And then years went by and I listened to the song about Rebecca Harkness. And then today I listened to the song about Jake Gillen. Very nice. Who is, I guess, on the eternal shit list. And, uh, for what reason? I, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know what these people do to her. I don't. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, because a lot of I mean, maybe I'm just, you know, like I said, I don't think I've ever heard one of the songs. And but obviously she's a huge artist, um, you know, and uh, uh, extremely popular, especially, you know, with certain, uh, you know, audiences. Uh, and, but it just always seems like, I, I hope I'm not being unfair that she's, she's kind of always unhappy about something. Yeah. That's what I, I had a conversation with a, um, a friend of mine about this a couple of years ago, who's a, a woman in her thirties. And I said, you know, what, what's the deal with Taylor yeah, Swift? What's the Why? deal? I, she said she had no idea. I, I but oh. you know, like I was wondering like, Why? First of all, like, why are these guys dumping her? I mean, you know, that seems kind of odd, you know, and. Uh, yeah, well, we're going to have to do some further, you know, uh, inquiry into this so we could understand it better. I don't know. Um, See, I haven't listened to Howard Stern in years because uh -oh. I uh, but like I used to depend on Howard for this kind of stuff. Like they talk like about clue you, know, you in. Well, you know, like if there was some celebrity having these problems, he, he would just go off and lay out what he thought the reason was. And then I would okay. say, yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. Yep. <laughs> you know? But I have so, no idea. I don't, I don't know whether she's impossible to get along with or everyone else is or, you know. Oh, some, she could be difficult, some... but then that could just be a trope, you know. Oh, that's another, another one of these favorite uh, words from the, you know, from, from Barry Weiss and the, uh, you know, in the, in the woke wars, you know, oh, it's, yeah, right. everything, everything is a trope. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, we'll no pick idea. up with that it's... next time, I guess. We'll we'll look into some of the... oh, and by the way, before we end, you were talking about that you did went on your walk and you were listening to uh you know uh, some some news or a podcast. We want to acknowledge 
that you passed your 1,000th mile mark, right? No, Well, no, no, no. 1,000th uh, consecutive day. Oh, okay. And 3,000-something miles. Yeah, it's like 3,550 miles at this yeah, point. Yeah, and we determined like that. that that would be, you know, you could walk from New York to Los Angeles and keep going, you know, because you, you've already walked beyond across the country, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like diagonally across, I guess, maybe a little more. You could walk from, uh, from Vermont to San Diego, maybe is what you're right. I I started in, or from, um, from Florida to uh, Portland. Right. Exactly. Or you could Miami uh, to Vancouver or something like that. Where you could, you could help deescalate the, uh, you know, the, 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 the social, uh, disorder right yeah no i'd probably just egg them on but um you'd egg them yeah right but the uh yeah i started in um february of 2019 i kind of pushed myself i thought well i'll start taking a walk every day and see how it goes and uh my 30-day challenge just kept going so it's now happened uh 33 and a third times a fa- so, oh, so you could you can make a vinyl record out of it. I, a, I absolutely a, could. Yes, an of, LP. A, a thousand over a thousand days is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, th- yeah. The thing is, when you start doing something every day, uh, and you get a streak going, it's a great incentive to keep going because exactly. you don't you don't want to break the streak. Exactly. So, like with uh, these uh, podcasts, we've got a streak now of uh, six. Uh, six uh, fortnightly or six semi-monthly episodes. Right, and right. We want to keep that going. It's the uh, too too late to stop now syndrome. <laughs> too late to turn back. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, so I've gone a thousand consecutive days. I think wow. today was day 1005. So now if I can keep going into like the middle of February, it would be three years. Oh, okay. So, so you're going to have different milestones, you know, different. Yeah. Measures. Well, I was thinking I'd, I'd like to take a walk every single day for three years. That, wow. that would be, that would be kind of interesting. Yes. Um, in fact, t- to be honest with you, I thought this was like a big deal. It is. A and big there was, well, thanks. But there was an obituary in the times a few months ago about a guy who was a runner. And he had run at least a mile a day every day for something like 42 years. Wow. And he was even in the hospital at one point and he ran on crutches. Oh, my goodness. Right. And I thought, oh, my God, this guy ran a mile every day for 42 years. What I'm doing is like, you know. Well, you know, you're you're not done yet. You know, you might you might have a 50 year streak. Who knows? well, we'll see. I think at three years, I might, <laughs> I might decide not to. Oh uh, no, 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 no! You got to yeah, maybe going. I'll keep going. We'll see keep how it going. goes. Keep going, but you know, but uh, do a different angle on it. Like now, you'll you could walk with someone else, so that you're, you know, your your fourth year, you walked with, uh, you know, a partner, and you know, and then after that. You could, you know, get be married along the way, you know, like in other words, you could have the yeah. you could you could propose and then you could get married, have the have the ceremony during the walk, and then you could have all of the uh celebrants, you know, the right. So like some of these behind right, so, you, 
You just keep So what adding. you're saying is like some of these ladies that I see at the park and I wave to, I actually yes. have to like wind up married to one of them. Um, yeah. And she has yeah. to start walking on the third, uh, you know, uh, after the third year, you know, the beginning of the fourth year. So you'll figure out a way that you keep going, but you add to it. So it's not just boring the same thing. It's actually, but you know, I, progressive. I mentioned, um, I mentioned to you once, there's a guy in the park I call Henry Clay. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to save him for another episode. Yeah. And I, I thought on the 1000th day, I thought maybe I should go up and talk to him and yeah. just find out what the deal is. Did you? No, no, no. On the thousandth day, I didn't happen to see him. Ah. And um, and I thought, you know, that would have been a thing like at the end of Hunter's book on the Hell's Angels, the yeah. Hell's Angels beat him up. Yeah. And I thought maybe for like, you know, like a like a reporting thing on the 1000th <laughs> day, because I've been avoiding this guy all yeah. along because he, yeah. he's always giving speeches to people in the yes. park, which is why I call him Henry Clay. Yes. And uh, I've been avoiding dealing with him for almost three years now. Wow. And then I thought maybe I should just go up and talk to him. Yeah. But he might, say, he might, you know, he might end up beating you up though. Right. I was thinking about that. I thought, what yeah. if, what if the guy just says, uh, no, you know, you've been, you've been avoiding me for years. Why should I talk to you now? You All know? right. Well, to be continued and thanks for filling us in on all the crypto. So, uh, you know, yeah, well, I wanted, yeah, I'm I wanted sure to I got... call this episode tales from the crypto, but I think somebody else beat us to it. Yeah, so. Well, I'm, I'm sure I've gotten everyone else as confused as I am. No, so. no. And by the way, you know, we would love to hear back from the audience, you know, tell us where we went wrong with this. Tell us, you know, why, what, you know, what's, what's the deal with taste Taylor Swift and and uh, any other uh, input you'd like to send our way and, well and taylor i'll tell you taylor swift has some fan base i mean all she day does long, all day long people on twitter have been like commenting on her i mean it's well like listen one of the she is a huge star there's no two ways about that um and we will continue to educate ourselves but uh so long for now and we'll catch up again in two weeks okay sounds good take care okay take it Bye. easy Bye-bye.